While not an official sponsor yet, this episode of the Navy Guy podcast is brought to you by NavyChief.com, serving the fleet since 1997. If you're looking for Navy Pride gear, look no further. They have CPO apparel, patriotic gear, stickers, mugs, and Popeye gear. And if you can't find what you need, contact them and they can probably make it. Head on over to www.navychief.com. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to the Navy Guy Podcast, Episode 4. Your playing catch up. Making your life a little easier and a little more satisfying when it comes to the Navy. Today we're going to talk about a few different things. First off, we're going to recap uh, since the last, gosh, almost a year since Episode 3. We're going to talk about, or I'm going to share, the CNO's 2014 message to the fleet. I'm going to talk a little bit about a book I just read called Three Crows and a Star. We're going to talk about IDTT, and I'm going to share a personal story about IDTT. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Navy's new drug testing policy and any other thing that I can happen to think about. So stay tuned. A recap since last year, since last episode, which was number three, and I'd fully expected and planned on making episode four a uh, a, a live, almost, uh, in Italy, a travel experience kind of thing. I'd taken my laptop, went to Italy, took my microphone, fully expected to have some time to sit down and, and knock out episode four. And procrastination just simply got the better of me. We were working uh, long hours. Uh, anyway, it just didn't happen. And uh, really no excuse. Procrastination is my, my biggest enemy. And uh, man, uh, I don't know. I figure a new year, uh, why not Why not just go ahead and, and uh, knock out episode four and start this thing again? I could probably call it episode one. <laughs> and uh and will be just fine. But since last episode, uh, quite a few things have happened. One, went to Italy again. Uh, you know, joined the Navy to see the world, and finally, after 14 or 15 years, I'm really starting to see the world. And I uh, had a great time. Went over there, uh, helped some folks qualify in the things that, that we do. Uh, met some great people. Uh, Quite a few, uh, actually, quite a few new people. A whole new, it was a whole new section of of, uh, of reservist, and uh, got really close with those guys and gals for for two weeks, and still keep in contact with quite a few of them uh, today. Facebook, isn't it just a wonderful thing? Anyway, so went to Italy, came back from Italy in late July, early August. And about a week later, found out that I made chief. So this is my first podcast as a chief. And uh, man, what an experience that was! Just can't just can't say enough about it. Uh, it's been a great ride so far. And uh, oh man, what a what a pinnacle of your career is to to make chief. And look for for those of you out there who are still trying to make chief, don't give up. Don't give up. Uh, a buddy of mine, fellow chief now, uh, I've been drilling with him for a couple of years. He's been in the Navy for uh, about two years. He has 18 total years military service, 
The majority of that was Army National Guard. He made chief his first time up with 18 years in the Navy, or 18 years in total. Uh, almost time for higher tenure, but he didn't give up, and he made chief. So uh, does he have a lot to learn about the Navy still? Yes. Is he giving up? No way. He uh, He's quite an inspiration. So that's uh, that's really been about it for me as far as what's been going on in my Navy life since episode three. Uh, anyway, now I'm going to switch on over and uh, play the CNO's 2014 message to the fleet. And uh, then we'll be right back to uh, talk about three crows and a star. Sorry, three stars and a crow. Happy New Year, shipmates. 2013 was a year of challenges, but it was a year of a lot of successes. And you made those successes possible. And that's why I look forward to 2014. We're going to be just fine. Now, our navigation plan is going to be our guide for 2014. And my resolution is stay on course. Our three tenants will guide us through the year. Warfighting first, we will bring you the capability and the technology to get the job done. Operate forward, we're going to continue that Asia-Pacific rebalance, but we'll maintain the course and speed, if you will, in the Middle East. And be ready, we'll bring you the training that you need, while at the same time getting away from those degraders from our readiness, such as sexual assault or substance abuse. Throughout it all, though, you are our asymmetric advantage. I need you to take care of each other, look out for each other, and be safe. I want you back at work after the holiday period. And be fit physically, mentally, and morally. In this 2014, we're going to be where it matters, when it matters. You will be the difference. I'll see you out there in the fleet. Happy New Year. You know, we have an absolutely amazing CNO and an even better McPon. Uh, McPon West, who was uh, McPon 12, was uh, was just amazing. He brought uh, the Navy into today's uh, social media, and uh, it, it's really exploded. McPon 13, uh, uh, Master Chief Stevens, uh, was a little slow to to get on the uh, the social media bandwagon, but He's uh he's really turned the tides and uh, he's came on quite nicely, and I really enjoy following those two guys, uh, the CNO and the McPond, both outstanding individuals and uh, true just a sailor's sailor. Speaking of of McPond, I uh, just finished reading a book called uh, Three Stars and a Crow. It was written by McPond Three, Robert J. Walker. He uh, obviously is now retired. Uh, of course, that was 10 McPons ago, but uh, still has just uh, uh, a lot of really good information that's relevant to today's Navy. Um, this this book, it's a, it's a fairly quick read, just a few hundred pages, but uh, I highly recommend any, uh, any senior first class or a military buff or a chief petty officer to, to get this book. It's just, you know, it's not uh, maybe $12 or so on Amazon. I don't even know exactly how much it is, but it's well worth the money spent. And uh, it's like I said, it's a quick read. A lot of good stuff in there to underline and take notes on. Um, definitely some management styles that you can take and bring to the table uh, with your with your group of sailors. 
highly recommend it. Now for the uh, the meat and potatoes of this podcast, uh, one of the one of the reasons for this podcast, how to make your life in the Navy a little easier and uh, a little more successful and satisfactory. So we're going to talk about IDTT, and I've got a little personal story. IDTT uh, in the reserve world stands for inactive duty for training with travel, and basically what that is, it's a uh, it's a way for sailors who are cross-assigned to another unit to go to that unit and drill with them. So I'll give you a for instance. I live in the uh, the southeast Tennessee area, and the closest reserve center to me is Chattanooga, Nosk, Chattanooga. That's where I drill at every month for the most part because it's the one that's closest to me when I go and I drill there and I travel the 20-30 miles or whatever uh, to Chattanooga that's an IDT inactive duty for training that's a normal drill weekend I'm also cross assigned out to a unit uh, with Sublant the Submarine Forces Atlantic and they drill in Norfolk, Virginia. So once a quarter, if you're cross-assigned out, you're supposed to go and drill with your with your main unit. To do that, they have what they call IDTT funds, and some commands have more funds than others. I don't know how that, that money is divvied out, but either way, uh, the funds are available if you're cross-assigned, and you should really... Even you junior sailors uh, should really take advantage of IDTT. So why do I mention IDTT? Well, Sublant has basically told me, Chief, come anytime you want. We have plenty of money available. So I've, I've gone uh, several more times than my once per quarter, and I really enjoy it. Uh, going on IDTT, allows you to, first off, gain the the skills that you need to be ready. Uh, Be ready to support your gaining command if the need should arise. What, you know, there there are plenty of of reasons out there that you would be called up to to go help the Navy and and to do your duty. And uh, when, when you're called, you should be book tight and ready to go and that's what going on at IDTT allows you to do but more than that it really subjects you and opens you up to different styles and when I say different styles I just mean different different um, different setups different organizational um, setups so in in Chattanooga we have a reserve center and when you check into that reserve center as a new as a new sailor, you are automatically put into what we call an operational support unit. And the OSU is a hodgepodge of various rates and job specialties. And we, we all come together under one unit. And the OSU manages uh, the cross-assigned personnel, 
and those who don't have homes. Uh, anyway, we take care of training, GMTs, medical readiness, uh, security, classifications, things like that. We ensure that the sailor is ready to go when they're called up to deploy or whenever. Uh, we maintain the, the physical fitness items. All that stuff is done within the OSU. Now, when I talk about different styles, going to my IDTT command with Sublant, I realize they don't have an OSU. My command, uh, Sublant, you know, USO or UWO Delta is, you know, for lack of better terms, somewhat of an OSU because we have people in that unit who are also cross-assigned out to other units. So it's good for me as a chief now to be subjected to those different styles, to those different uh, facets of the Navy. And I'm not locked into just one thing that Chattanooga's doing and think that every other reserve center is doing it the same way. Getting that exposure to other reserve centers and other places is just really good. It, it makes for a better, well-rounded sailor. And as far as the personal story goes, uh, the last two times I've gone on IDTT, the, uh, the first one was in November, and the second one was in December. But coming home from IDTT in November, uh, this was the first time that I have flown to an IDTT and the first time that I've flown to Norfolk and uh, flying out I flew Delta flying back I flew US Airways but anyway the experience alone of flying to these short domestic destinations is pretty important in my you know in my view flying uh, on the short domestic trips really helps the sailor to uh to get used to flying internationally because it really it, it teaches you to uh, streamline what you pack you know you can really uh, uh, minimize what you need to take and it really helps you focus on taking only what you need uh, teaches you how to dress how do you dress on a flight well sailors uh, young or old we don't wear our NWUs when we fly. Now, the Air Force can wear their camouflage. The Army can wear their camouflage. Uh, all, the other, all the other services can wear their camouflage, but the Navy, we can't wear our camouflage. And as a matter of fact, we're encouraged to fly in civilian clothing. So what does that mean? That means you need to, you need to dress for TSA. Okay, uh, starting December 20th, 2013, when you're when you're doing official travel or even unofficial travel you can use your DOD ID number as a frequent traveler number within DTS so that you can automatically be put in the TSA pre section that means there's certain things that they won't make you take off when you're going through TSA such as light jackets and things of that nature but even before that, you know, you've got to understand that you need to wear some shoes that are easy to take off and put back on. You don't need to wear 
uh, ladies, you don't necessarily need to wear these big boots that have, you know, a uh, hundred feet worth of, of, uh, shoestrings that you're going to have to undo and, and, uh, redo once you go through security, wear some slip on shoes, uh, some tennis shoes that are easy to get off and on that you can kick on, you know, kick off, slip back on, uh, a belt that's non-metallic. And I know you're supposed to take off your belt when you go through TSA, but I specifically bought a belt that is, uh, you know, fabric and has a plastic buckle. And about 80% of the time I can get through with no problems. The other 20%, uh, TSA will see it, ask me if I've removed my belt. And, uh, you know, I'll say, oops, nope, I didn't. They'll check it and I'll be on my way. Some other things that it helps you, uh, helps you do as far as travel goes, uh, it gets you used to uh, checking out or uh, getting your, your rental car. Uh, just all that kind of stuff, traveling domestically, really gets you prepared for going to Italy or going to Japan or going to Bahrain or wherever it is you're going. To travel domestic a few times really kind of gets you used to traveling. Uh, I remember the first time I flew, uh, minus going to boot camp, but the first time I flew for the Navy in, uh, in the Navy Reserves, I went to Italy. And, man, that was a culture shock. So I wish that I had flown a, a time or two beforehand. Now, on both my return trips, uh, the return trip in November and in December, I was fortunate enough to get to sit by a fellow sailor on the way back. The first time uh, flying back, you know, I sat next to a, uh, a third class. And uh, the, the guy was uh, Jeff, uh, really, really nice fella. He and I talked the whole way. Uh, I was really able to, uh, to impart some good, uh, good Navy knowledge on him. And uh, we're still fairly decent acquaintances now. Uh, we keep up on Facebook. And uh, anyway, that was just a connection that I wouldn't have gotten had I not gone on an IDTT and had not flown. If I had driven, you know, uh, I wouldn't have met wouldn't have met him. Coming back from uh, IDTT in December, uh, man, that was uh, that was the first experience I've had on getting delayed flights. So I was supposed to fly out Sunday around, uh, I think it was six o'clock. Uh, the weather up north in Pennsylvania and New York was deteriorating pretty quickly uh, with with a lot of snow and ice and our flight you know kept getting pushed back kept getting pushed back and eventually you know later on that night uh, around 9 30 10 o'clock they just canceled the flight and uh, we had to rebook for the next day but as I was sitting around on Sunday evening uh, just noticed some people you know, in my professional job, uh, civilian job, I, I'm a law enforcement officer. So looking at people and kind of observing their, their behaviors is, uh, is kind of something I do all the time. And, you know, you can't just pull yourself out of that. So just watching people, noticing faces, things of that nature. Um, and I noticed this one gentleman, uh, he had a, uh, a captain tag on his backpack and uh, the next day when my flight was due to, to fly out I noticed him again and uh, he and I ended up sitting next to each other 
on uh, on our flight from Norfolk to Charlotte. And then from there, of course, we split up. But sitting next to Captain, uh, and I'll, I'll just not say his name, just to protect the innocent. <laughs> uh, but he was able, to, I mean, he imparted some wisdom on me. You know, 20 years of, uh, of Navy knowledge uh, and uh, being a, an 06, he, he certainly gave me a lot of, a lot of good information. And uh, again, solidified why a, a chief's job is to not only train junior sailors, but to train junior uh, officers as well. Um, he he ensured that that he had a good chief when he was a young jo, and uh, how much that chief taught him. So uh, it it really did. It just solidified the uh, the part about being a, a chief and and training at all the time, uh, not just while you're at work, but uh, even even on your off time. But uh, those are some good things that IDTT have done for me, and. Um, I highly recommend, highly recommend that that if you're if you're a junior sailor and you're just checking in to your to your first reserve center that you find find a job, find a hard billet on uh, on CMS, their career management system and uh and really go to those places. Take advantage of the money while it's there and uh go to your cross assigned commands and just enjoy it and get everything out of the Navy that you possibly can. Now, next thing, the uh, the Navy with, uh, let me let me look it up here real quick, NAVADMIN, NAVADMIN 334-13, uh, inclusion of synthetic cannabinoids to standard drug testing panel program guide. So I'll just... Uh, I'll just read this real quick. I want to read this uh, this nav admin, and that's a Navy administrative message, and it goes out to everybody. And uh, this is main. You know what? I'm not even going to say this for junior people. This is for everybody, all sailors everywhere. Uh, there is just no excuse, no excuse for using drugs in our Navy today. It does no good. Uh, People may say, well, marijuana is not addictive. Okay, fine. What good does it do for you, though? It does no good. It has no good. Uh, sure, there may be some medicinal properties to it, but uh, for, for the sailor, sailors have no need to take this stuff at all. So, per reference A, which is reference A is uh, a memo dated 25 October uh, 13th, and... You guys can, can look that up if you want to. But anyway, per reference, say this NAV admin announces Navy Drug Testing Labs will add synthetic cannabinoids, also referred to as spice, K2, or herbal incense, to the standard testing panel for your analysis samples submitted for testing. Samples submitted to the Navy Drug Testing Labs for regular urinalysis testing will be tested for synthetic cannabinoids. Any sailor whose urinalysis sample is determined to be positive for SC may be considered in violation of the Uniform Code of Military Justice, Article 112 Alpha, for drug misuse slash abuse and subject to administrative and disciplinary actions. 
Those sailors found to be drug-dependent will be offered treatment prior to their separation, if eligible. Uh, Section 2 of this says probable cause and command-directed premise code testing as defined in reference B, which reference B is uh, OPNAV instruction dated 4 June of 2009. Uh, still require authorization from Navy Alcohol and Drug Abuse Prevention Office, that's OPNAV N170-Alpha, before submitting urinalysis samples to Armed Forces Medical Examiner Services. Guidance for authorization testing is available in the Synthetic Drug Urinalysis Operating Guide, and it gives a, a web address. Important thing is... Uh, the Navy is is trying to stay ahead of all of these new drugs, and they're starting to test for them. So stay away from them. Just just don't do it. It's just not smart. Uh, I ran into uh, some some juveniles uh, the other day in my in my civilian work who were using these vaporizers, and I myself am going to have to come get up to speed on uh, what what in the world these vaporizers do. And what kind of vapor you can you can inhale through them, just so I'm more aware. But guys and gals, just be careful with this stuff, okay? And uh, notice in this ad, uh, this nav admin, it said that uh, if you're if you're found to be drug dependent, uh, treatment will be offered prior to their separation. So, you know, Navy's zero tolerance on the drug uh, on the drug thing, and uh, zero tolerance I know from from uh, experience I've had with a sailor in the past, doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to get kicked out. It just means that action must be taken and that due process will occur. So there's always that chance that, uh, that the, uh, you know, they could find some reasonable doubt. Uh, why not to kick you out? But, uh, you know, why? Why do it? Uh, especially for those of you who have uh, completed a successful active duty career and you're coming into the reserves and, uh, you know, y you had a clean break off active duty and you come into the reserves, there's no point in trying this stuff now only to get kicked out and, uh, you know, have, have something other than honorable or an administ administrative separation on your, on your, uh, your history. Certainly not a good way to try to get a federal job if you're interested in working for the federal government in the civilian side. So, uh, anyway. Hey, look, I'm really hoping that Episode 5 doesn't delay uh, and, and doesn't take as long to, to get out as Episode 4 did. I'm really going to try to get these things out on a more consistent basis, although probably not weekly and maybe even not monthly. But certainly as things occur in the Navy, uh, and I know I could probably just continue to talk about big things that have happened in the Navy over the last year, uh, but I'm not going to bore you with it. Check out npc.navy.mil or www.navy.mil and, uh, you know, stay up to speed. Stay up to speed on your nav admins. Stay up to speed on, on current events. Uh, get, a, get a Google alert. And uh, set it to uh, to notify you daily on current events. Those things are important. It's important for you personally, and it's important for your Navy career. And the more you know, 
well, the easier life and the easier the Navy will be for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Navy Guy Podcast. Follow me on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is at Navy Guy Podcast, or jump on over to the website, thenavyguy.com.